beloveds, welcome. You are tuned in to an episode of Be The Vibe Radio with your hostess, Crystalis Sun. How y'all like my intro music? <laughs> I thought it was so cute. I was like, I'm feeling whimsical. Let me throw in some, some whimsical uh, music to introduce myself uh, in this episode today. So that is how I'm feeling. Hope you like a little happy music. We can all do with a little bit of whimsical and happy music. Um, but yes, if you were tuning in for the first time, welcome. Um, I am Crystalis Sun. I'm the host of this wonderful podcast that I've been hosting now for, I want to say about three years. We're in our third or fourth, I think we're in our fourth season now. So I've been doing this for four years on this platform. And then on uh, this on this podcast, we just talk about everything, you know, well, really kind of anything that I want to talk about. But most of the topics are on more of the spiritual um, and metaphysical uh, realm. So, you know, that's kind of the focus of Be The Vibe Radio. This particular episode, though, I want to talk about how to develop a relationship with spirit or just the the topic overall of what it means to develop a relationship with spirit, right? But before I dive into this episode, let me double back and introduce myself and provide a background for those who are listening for the first time. So again, my name is Crystal Sun, or some know me as Latoya Thurman. Um, I am a spiritualist, to put it in simple terms. I have been on this journey pretty much all my life. I've always been a eclectic, you know, indigo child. As far as being on this journey, like uh, consciously and, you know, really like doing the work and <clears throat> learning and developing my skills and studying, I've been on this journey for at least about 15 to 17 years. I am in Atlanta, so I'm recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, where I have a store, Simbi's Conjure in Forest Park. <clears throat> I am a, I'm initiated in a few different practices, uh, African traditional religions to be exact. So I am a, an Olorisha or a Lukumi priestess um, of Yemaya and the Lukumi tradition. Uh, my Ile is Ile Olorun. It's based in Vegas. We have our branch here in Atlanta. Um, <clears throat> I'm an Espiritista. So, you know, I talk to dead folks. Um, I am a d- diviner. So divination is my, my thing, tarot cards, um, you know, mediumship, breeding bones, you know, weeding wax, pretty much anything that you can divine with, I can do. Um, so that, that's been something I've been doing for a very long time as well. I'm a crystal connoisseur, you know, authored a book on crystals. I'm a Reiki master. I am a poet, a writer, you know, I'm into all things media. <clears throat> I like to travel, I like to eat good food, I like to have fun, I like to meet people, even though I'm not that social, but that's a whole other kind. <laughs> but I say all that to say that, you know, um, those are my credentials and why, you know, so basically, you know, those are my credentials so that, you know, I'm qualified to speak on the topics I speak about in the realm of spirituality and metaphysics, but also to the painted picture because I've been on this journey for quite some time, right? And I have found that no matter what you practice, no matter what spiritual technology you're into, no matter what religion you're into, you're not going to go very far before you find yourself having to deal with spirits, okay? 
So allow me to to define exactly what I mean by spirit. And so when I'm referring to spirit, I am referring to simply a supernatural being, an entity, an essence, a, you know, deity, whatever you may call it, that is non-corporeal, like non-physical. So basically an essence uh, that operates solely within the non-physical realm or what we call the spiritual realm. Okay, but that has the ability to intervene and intercede and affect the physical realm as well. Okay, and I'm going to get to that a little bit later. The reason why I feel it's necessary to talk about this is because, one, if you're on your spiritual path, you can't get around not working, like, you can't get around not working with spirits. Like, you're going to have to start to learn how to develop a relationship with spirits at some point if you're on this journey, whether you are initiated in an ATR or whatever other type of practice or not, or whether you're just an eclectic witch, you're just doing Wicca, you're just doing hoodoo, you're just doing voodoo, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And um, the other reason why I bring it up is because there's a lot of people who are afraid of dealing with spirits. It, it's so funny to me because, you know, people will come into my store and I have an altar in my store, you know, and most botanicas do like most legitimately run botanicas that are managed by actual practitioners will have some type of altar set up. And it is an alive, active altar, meaning that spirit is there and and, and it's, it's a portal for whatever the, the patron spirit of that botanica is or just, you know, it is a it's a it's a housing or a place of point a point of focus for whatever the spirits are of the store. And so, you know, people come in and they feel the energy of the altar. And most people are not bothered by it because, you know, if you're coming to a botanica, like you kind of already know what to, what to expect. But there's people who walk into my store that have never even been inside of a botanica. And then they see this beautiful altar with these statues and these dolls. And they're like, what the fuck, you know? And more often than not, I get people asking me questions about, you know, questioning, like, are you scared? Aren't you scared to work with these spirits? Like, how do you know what you're dealing with and that dealing with spirits doesn't scare you? And then they are a little taken back when I reply that no, (laughs) like, I'm not scared to, I'm not afraid to work with spirit. Why would I be scared, you know? And it's interesting because when I, I ask them, why should I be scared? They don't quite have an answer, you know? So there's this, this, you know, very strong fear and resistance to working with the unknown or unseen, but there's no full um, uh, understanding of what that fear is about, you know? Um, No one, I've yet to have anybody that could actually verbally um, communicate and effectively communicate to me why they would be scared to work with spirit other than just it being taboo, it being something spoken against, you know, you know, stuff coming up in movies, you know, whatever the case, programming, you know, et cetera. So, you know, I do this, this particular episode one to, you know, give tools and things for something that's going to be necessary when you're on this path, but also to dispel some myths and things that people have about working with, with spirits, you know, in these practices. So now that I've defined exactly what I mean by spirit, um, 
then I want to talk about, well, what does it mean to have a relationship with spirit? Like, how does one have a relationship with something that's non-physical, like that you is unseen, that is operating in, in, in purely, you know, or mostly in, in the spiritual realm? And my answer is, you know, you do it the same way that you develop a relationship with someone in, in your life, a friend, a partner, a family member, like it's the same concept <laughs> and it might seem a little crazy to some people or it might seem a little oversimplified but it really just is that simple okay and you know why is it important you know well for one you can't work juju by yourself like you can but you can only go so far you know for me you know i'll use my example of mediumship as an example so you know, I've been doing cards for a very long time. I've been reading cards for at least a good almost 20 years. And for the first, you know, a little more than half of that time, it would be really draining for me to do readings for people. And it wasn't until I started really working more with my spiritual cord and elevating them and developing relationships with them and, and doing misas and going to misas and calling forth my spiritual court into spaces that I do, you know, my, my spiritual work in that I was able to really be able to start doing readings where they weren't draining. And what I, and what I realized is because it got to a point where I've developed such a good relationship with my spirits and my ancestors that they were doing most of the work of the mediumship and I was just the messenger versus, you know, me pulling and pouring out so much of my energy to get these messages myself. And that applies to everything. It applies to if you're doing root work, it applies to if you're doing petitions, it applies to if you're doing energy healing, like anything that you're doing where you're having to move spirit and move, um, energies and manipulate energies you guess you could do it yourself but it is a hell of a lot easier to do it when you got uh support from the spiritual realm so yes you know you 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 it makes it more difficult when you work your juju by yourself it makes it a whole lot easier when you have that support from spirit Developing your relationship with spirit helps you grow. It helps you grow on a lot of different levels, emotionally, spiritually, um, mentally. You know, you learn a lot about yourself when you, it's like any relationship. It's the same way you learn about yourself when you're dating someone. It's the same way you, you, way you learn about yourself when you're dealing with family, with mom, with dad, with children, you know, um, and in that aspect, you know, it also helps to elevate you. You know, when you when you develop your relationship and you you do your things with your spirits, it it's it's for the purpose of elevating them. But in turn, you're elevated as well. Um, so it elevates both you and your spirits. And most importantly, you learn shit. You know, when you start getting it good with your spiritual peoples, they start to reveal mysteries to you. They start to reveal, you know. They, you, 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 they start to open the door that allows you to access certain knowledge, you know? That's why for me, a lot of my stuff, you know, like my oil recipes and my bath recipes and just different things I do on a spiritual level, they come from my spiritual core and the relationship, you know, as a result of the relationship that I have with them. Um, not only that, 
they warn you of things, you know. So in a sense, like they 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 reveal things, they tell you things, they show you the future, they warn you of hidden enemies, they protect you, you know. So it it really just kind of expands your ability to maneuver in the other realm because you have that access. It's almost like having a tour guide into the spiritual realm by way of your spiritual court. So, you know, those are the, the immediate reasons that I can, you know, think of in order, you know, to express to you all about how, why it's important to develop, to develop relationships with your spiritual court. Um, and not only that, because, you know, your spiritual court and your spirits in general, the ones that are around you, they're there for your development. You know, a lot of times people ask me, they like to come to my readings and they're like, well, I want to know what my destiny is. I want to know what my purpose is. And it's like, what I've learned is that a lot of times the best way to learn what your destiny is, is by, by examining your spiritual court, because the spirits that are around you that are for you, you know, we won't, this is just, this is excluding, this conversation excludes, you know, negative spirits or, um, malignant or whatever the word is, uh, uh, maleficent spirits, you know, spirits that are sent to harm, etc. This conversation is not about those types of spirits. This is specifically about the spirits that are in your spiritual court or spirits that you seek to work with. You know, this is when you get into conversations about working with angels, um, saints and things like that. Like those may not necessarily like St. Michael or Santa Marte they may not necessarily immediately be in your spiritual court, but those are the types of spirits that you can seek out. Or, you know, if you're getting into devotional work and then you want to get pick up Ganesh or you want to pick up and connect with and do devotional work with, you know, Risha's, et cetera, Lua, that's a different, you know, those are the type, you know, those are you, you it, you, those are types of spirits that you can develop relationships with, you know, and that I'm speaking about specifically, but, but, you know, the ones that are there to benefit you, not the ones that are sent to harm. And that I may do a whole other episode about dealing with Maleficent spirits. All right. But, um, with that being said, now comes the question of, well, how do we develop a relationship with spirit, right? And the first thing I will say is treat it the same way you would when you develop a relationship with people. A lot of spirits, especially the ones that operate on this earthly plane um, or can influence this earthly plane, are a lot more humanistic than we like to admit. <laughs> and so, you know, the types of things that appeal to humans would appeal to them? Consistency, attention, um, energy, offerings. And then when you come, you know, honesty, sincerity, authenticity, because, you know, you're dealing with spirits that already see you anyway. So coming with, you know, a, a, a shady intention or, you know, only coming around because you, you know, only giving your offerings and 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 wanting to, to, to tend to the spirit because you, they can bring you money. Like, you know, spirits, they can see through that. And, you know, as the same way that humans will be turned off and, and feel a way about that, spirits will too. So my first advice is, you know, treat it the way you would any relationship and that if you're not ready, you're not serious, then don't, don't initiate, right? But if you are serious and you are ready to initiate, then the first 
step that I say is start with your ancestors. That is always my go-to because at the end of the day, one, our ancestors are always with us. Two, they're ours. They're our blood, our lineage, you know, our, our people. They're the ones that, you know, they open and close the doors. So until you really get your, your relationships with your ancestors and you get all, you know, elevating them and venerating them, you really, a lot of other stuff can't come through without their permission. And it's funny because, you know, in Lukumi, in our tradition, in our house, whenever we do any type of ceremony, whether it's somebody getting crowned or uh, getting warriors or anything like that, we always, we set up an eggum corner, you know, or a corner, you know, set up for ancestors specifically with food and, you know, water and uh, candles and flowers, et cetera. And we we do prayers to Egun, and then we ask permission and the blessing of that particular person who's receiving ceremony. We ask the Egun's permission before we move forward, right? That is standard in our tradition. And so what that signifies is the fact that can't shit go down unless your people allow it to. And so they're going to always be your first, middle, and last reference when it comes to spirituality. And a lot of times with people, that's all they need. They don't need anything else. They don't need to get into anything else. They don't need to, they may not need to initiate it anything. They may not need to deal with the Risha or they may not need to get into hoodoo, whatever. Sometimes some people's sole spiritual work in this lifetime is to connect and, and elevate those ancestors. So start there, right? And then you do it the same way you would if the peoples was alive. Learn about, you know, if you got grandma on the altar, or you got great auntie on the altar, you find out what they liked, you know, what, you know, grand, granny liked perfume, give her perfume, uncle likes cigars, you know, granddaddy like whiskey, you know, uh, cousin like, um, like a cigarette and, and some black eyed peas, you know, and you give those offerings or, you know, mom liked a certain type of music. She liked her favorite artist was this particular artist, play that music. You know, um, great auntie, she liked this particular prayer, say the prayer, you know, so it's the same thing right, that you would if you, your people were alive. Um, and, you know, for I'm not even going to get into a full in-depth um, recap of Ancestor Veneration because I've got quite a few episodes about it. I even have a YouTube uh, video about Ancestor Veneration and I've got a blog post. So I speak a lot over the years about ancestor reverence, and I continue to speak about it. So this episode isn't for that. I'm just mentioning it. But for those who want to have a, a more deeper understanding of what it is and how to do it, then you can go through. Uh, I know my first few episodes um, from the first season, I, I talk a lot about ancestor veneration. So yes, develop your relationship with your ancestors first. Then from then on, if you want to go even further, learn who's in your spiritual court. And when I talk about spiritual court, I'm talking about the spirits that are sent to you to guide you, to protect you, and to literally be in your court, your your surrounding, your, your energy, in order to help you fulfill your purpose in this life. And the thing about those types of spirits is that they all, too, used to be alive. So every you know we all have spirits in our spiritual court that were were alive at some point, and then they died, and then a part of that spirit, that soul's elevation or journey, is to come and assist somebody on 
you know, on in the physical realm, you know, coming in, as, you know, as a spirit to assist that person. So it's it's the same as you're dealing with ancestors and that they were, you know, it's dead folks. But the difference is that in your spiritual core, it's dead folks that are not blood relatives. And again, you develop the same relationship the way that you would, you know, with your ancestors. The thing about what I learn about or what I've noticed about spiritual courts is that you tend to find themes. You know, your spiritual court is actually a really good indication of one, the type of work that you're to do in this lifetime, because a lot of your spirits, the majority of them will be spirits that specialize in that particular thing. And they can guide you in that. The other thing, too, I've learned is that, you know, your spirits and your spiritual court give you a good idea of the type of healing you need or the type of energy or balance that you need. Right. So, for example, I have a lot of water spirits in my spiritual court. Like, it's funny, as feisty and fiery as I am, it's very interesting to me that I have so many water spirits. My main spirit guide is a water spirit um, by her very nature, even though she's a, a Creole Congo spirit in her lineage, but her energy is of water. And then I'm crowned to a water deity, which is Yimaya. And then I have a lot of other water, you know, situations going on in my other practices and my other things. And so, you know, it's a lot of water energy. And then when you think about the what water symbolizes, um, you know, which I'm actually gonna I'm I'm a, I'm gonna put a pin on that because that's gonna be the very next thing I talk about. But when you think about what water symbolizes, you know, you think about okay, those are the aspects of, and things of one, the type of medicine that I need in my life, and then two, the type of medicine that in the journey that I am to you know to to give to the world or the gifts that I'm to give to the world. So. Some people I've noticed they'll have a lot of um, healing spirits, you know, spirits that work particularly with herbs. And then these are the people that are herbalists or, you know, they're into botany or they're, you know, um, plant scientists or whatever. And then you've got people who are, they have a lot of warrior type spirits in their spiritual court. And these are people who are like revolutionaries, activists, you know, things like such. So, you know, when you learn who's in your spiritual court, it gives you so much insight on, on, on a lot of different things. But, you know, then begs the question, well, how do I learn about my spiritual court? Well, you you know, you, you set up a Bovida, which I have. I think I've talked a little bit about that in some of my past podcasts. But for those of you who want to know more, I mean, you can look on, you can Google Bovida, B-O-V-E-D-A. You'll get some articles. Um I believe I have a blog post about the Bovida, but I know for sure that I've got videos on my VIP section, um, on my subscriber section of my website. I have a few videos on the Bovida, how to set one up, um, how to work it, how to identify the spirits, etc. So you could do that or you can attend Misa's, which, you know, I speak about Misa's as well. Um, for those of you who are in Atlanta, I host monthly Mises at the fourth Saturday of each month. But wherever you're at, you know, you could find places. People um, host Mises all the time in various cities. So, 
you know, if, unless you're out somewhere real remote, most likely you're able to connect with a group of people that hold Misa's and then you can attend. That's the best way to find out who's in your spiritual court or to get readings, you know. But I actually honestly recommend attending Misa's and setting up your own Bovida in order to identify who you're, who's in your spiritual court because I find that it tends to be a lot more accurate you know, when you're in a Misa or you're, you have, because when you're in Misa's, you have a group of mediums and then, it, you know, people are able to, multiple people are able to pick up on various spirits in your court. So it gives you more of a broadened or more information on that, like on a wider scale. And then if you have a Bovida, then your spirits, it's a portal for those spirits to come directly to you and reveal themselves to you directly. And then you have dreams, et cetera, et cetera. Um, now there is also begs the question, cause this goes back to the people who are afraid to work with spirits. It begs the question, you know, well, how do I know that the spirit is really real and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And how, I'm, you know, how do I know I'm not dealing with a trickster? Those are really valid questions and I have answers for those, but I answer those questions in my Bovida videos and my subscription, you know, uh, portion of my website for Be The Vibe members. I get into a whole detailed thing about that, right? And um, so, yeah, there are ways to tell if you're dealing with tricksters versus, um, you know, actual spirits that are in your, your actual court. But, you know, just a general way to tell is that when spirits show up, they'll tell you who they are. They'll give you their name. They'll show you where they're from. They'll tell you what their intention is. They'll give you messages. They'll show you things. They'll help you. When you see that, that's how you know that you're dealing with a, a legitimate spirit. And most of the time, they will they will they will bring you something, or they'll share energy before they'll ask you for something. If you have a spirit that shows up and then they're immediately asking you, "I want an altar. I want to be on your altar. I want this offering," then that's where you kind of have to tread a little lightly. In my experience, the only the only spirit that showed up and immediately asked for something was Santa Marthe. Um, But what she asked for, she did ask for her own altar. She showed me exactly how she wanted it. Um, and But I trusted that because, you know, this is a side story. I had went to visit Bossy Bruja. I had given some offerings to her Santa Marthe because that's what I do when I go on a... a, 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 a Bruja or witches or spiritualist or priest home, whatever their main spirit that rules that house, I give an offering to that spirit out of respect for me being allowed in that space. I gave Santa Martha some rum and I think maybe a cigar. And then that night she was like, I want to be at, I want to be set up in your home. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. But, you know, but she was like, you know, yeah, I want to be in your house. So, but because I had already kind of made that connection with her through Bossy Bruja's altar, un 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 unintentionally, like not intentionally because I wanted to give my offering, but unintentionally, like I wasn't asking for anything or expecting anything of it. It was just, I was just showing respect for the home. And I guess Santa Martha liked it so much. She was like, I want you to be one of my devotees. So that, but other than that, every other spirit that I've had, they've come, they've given me messages, they've shown me things. And then even now, like my main spirit guide, you know, she made herself known to me three years ago, four years ago, and she's just now asking for a place on my Bovida. 
Like for the longest time I have been asking her, do you want a doll? Do you want a setup? She was like, no, I'm good. Now, recently, she's like, I want a doll. I want a setup, I, you know. So that's how you can kind of tell. That's a general sidebar of how you can tell. Um, so, yes, learn who's in your court. Then after you learn who's in your court, <clears throat> study them. Study the nature of them. You know, learn about the aspects and the elements. Okay, so get to know them the way that you would if you were getting to know just a regular person, you know. Um, so for example, I have one spirit that's with me. She is Puerto Rican and she's from, you know, her. she comes from Puerto Rico and she's connected to the indigenous people of of. The, that you know that island from Puerto uh, Puerto Rico, so you know I learn about the culture, <laughs> you know, because she you know she likes offerings, so I'm, I learn about Puerto Rican food and dishes and customs and the types of music, and I play them for her and et cetera, et cetera. I have my main spirit guide who is a root worker, you know, and she is Congo, so. There's certain things, certain music, certain, you know, she liquors and certain things that she likes that, that, you know, that appeal to her. And then, like I said, I have a lot of water spirits. So then I learn about the nature of water. You know, water is represents prosperity. So that lets me know, like, okay, you know, I'm I'm I ain't supposed to be broke, you know, and anytime I need to move some make some money magic real quick, I'm using the element of water. Um, water is life-giving, water is cleansing, water is cool, water is calm, you know, but it, it can also kill you. Like water, you could drown you, you know, you got tsunamis and, and hurricanes and, you know, you've got, uh, you know, uh, whirlpools, you know, so, so water also does have this destructive element, but for the most part, you know, water is, is, is abundant and it's, it's got, you know, a, a very strong healing energy and clearing energy and cleansing energy and calming energy. And so, you know, my spirits that are connected to that, like that's their nature, um, so, you know, I have, you know, I, I'm a devotee of Kali Ma. So I'm learning about the different Hindu gods and, and how to give pujas and, you know, how to do mantras with them and their mantras and their, 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 their sounds and their, their energies and their offerings. Um, but also, you know, I'm learning, learning a lot about Hindu culture in general, because the way that they venerate their gods and, and their ancestors and things is very, um, very very specific. I mean, any culture is, but in Hinduism, it, you know, I can't, I can't do like the types of venerations that I do for Orisha. I, I'm not going to do for, for Kali Ma because it's a completely different culture and a completely different spirit and energy. And so, you know, you, but so you have to learn that stuff, you know, you have to get to know these spirits. And I'm going to tell you this, I'm going to tell you something real, real, real honest. A person's ability and effectiveness as a spiritualist, especially when it comes to doing spell work, is only as good as the relationship that they have with spirit. Okay, and I'm going to say this again. A person's ability and effectiveness to do spell work and have it pop and work and be effective is only as good as the, the relationship that they have with spirit. 
So for example, I have an amazing relationship with Santa Marthe. You know, I have a lot of spirits that are in my court, but there's a couple of spirits that I know that I can go to and shit can happen quick. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, sidebar on that, for example, you know, I'm a crown of Yemaya. Yemaya is my mother and Arisha. She's who I'm initiated to. And she's a powerful energy. You know, she is beautiful and she's protective and she blesses me, gives me anything I ask for. But it is very well known, especially the children of Yemaya, that mama moves a little, you know, slow. Like she may not, she gonna get there, but she may not get there when you want her to get there, but she gonna get there. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're talking Talking in terms of parents, you know, you might, you might be, you might be the last one to be picked up from school, from the schoolyard because, you know, mama running a little late, <laughs> but she going to get you though. She going to pick you up. You know, that's Yemaya. So when I need something done quickly, I don't always go to Yemaya, you know, um, I may go to, you know, one of my other Arishas that I know that will work, you know, a little bit faster if I need something done on a more urgent time frame, um, you know, and or I will go to someone like Santa Muerte where my consistent experience with Santa Muerte is that if I ask her for something, it's showing up within 24 to 48 hours. And I don't, I've learned not to give, like not to say, oh, to give a time frame when spirit, like when I do work for people, you know, they ask how long it'll take. I just said it's just however long it takes spirit to move move it. But what I can always say is that Santa Maria shows up for me, and she it's always quick. You know, before the week is out, I lay a candle on Monday. By Wednesday, I have what I asked for. You know, but it's because of my relationship with her. You know, because it could be very well be the case that other devotees of Santa Maria can do the same thing. And then they may not sell their, their stuff may not show up. Their requests may not be answered for weeks or months or, or several days. So, you know, and again, it, it has to do with your relationship. If you develop a relationship with spirit where it is consistent and then you, you're, you are not even always, when you go to them, you're not always asking them for something. When you do finally go and ask them for something, the spirit is more likely to, to move for you because you already have that rapport. And so, um, yes, learn about the aspects and elements, you know, going back to that. Um, you know, I go to Santa Muerte. She is the spirit of death. So a lot of her energy has to do, and Kalima too, has a lot to do with just endings, like abrupt endings, death, cutting things out of your life. Like, you know, it's a little kind of like a harsh kind of energy, but, you know, because death is something that is very much rooted in the physical realm, meaning that no matter where we at and what we do, what our culture is, what we practice, the one thing we all have in common is death we're going to all die someday. And so because of that energy, you know, of Santa Muerte, like that's why she has such a strong um, prevalence or ability to move things and, and, and answer whatever you ask for. So it's not just about protection, but you can go to her for money. You can go to her for a job. You can go to Santa Muerte to get pregnant, you know? And, it, and again, it may seem a little odd, like why would you go to a spirit of death for life? But because, you know, we pass through the cosmic mother and the cosmic womb, you know, of, of and that, that um, 
that that black hole vortex of death to be rebirthed into life. So yeah, you would go through that energy. You would go through Santa Murthy to 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 get pregnant and for fertility, you know. And so, but. I'm saying all this because I understand and I'm learning about the aspects and elements of my spirits that are with me. And I know, and even that, to even to get into that, you then learn who to go to for what. Like I, you know, because I kind of pretty much alluded to that. If I need something quick, I'll go to Santa Muerte. If I need a huge miracle, I'm going to Yemaya. You know, if I need something to open up real quick, I'm going to Alegua. If I need money real quick, you know, or if I'm doing prayer work specifically, I have a spirit for that. If I need protection, I have another spirit for that. Like if I need like, depending on, because all my spirits protect me, but if I need a certain kind of protection, then I'm going to a certain type of spirit for that. And it makes you more effective because again, you think about spirits being like people, like we all have our specialty. We can't do everything. So if you're going to one spirit asking for all of everything, you're at the, you know, people wonder then why their petitions don't get answered or it may take a long time. It's because that spirit, that's not their, that's not the the seat of their their power. They might could do a little bit in that area, but that's not their main specialty. You know? So you know, so yes, that's why it's important to to do that, to learn about the culture and the places of power, you know, because I've learned as a root worker, it's our, well, it's not I've learned, as a root worker, it is standard that we do our shit out in nature. So it, we're not always in our homes, at our pretty altars, asking spirit to come to us. No, we're going out into nature to seek spirit. And so then we go where they're at. My water spirits, I'm going to the beach. I'm going to the waterfall. I'm going to the lake. I'm going to the creek. You know, my death spirits, I'm going to the graveyard. My road opening, you know, or my warrior spirits, I'm going to the crossroads, you know, um, et cetera. You know, so that is all the ways that you develop your relationship and then lastly, you develop your relationship with your spirits by elevating them, having those altars, giving them candles, giving them water, giving them prayers. You know, the elevation with spirit is not so much the offerings. It's not about the rum and the and, and the plate of food. You know, it's about the prayers, the words that you speak, the sound vibration. It's about the water because water is how we communicate with spirit. And it's about that light because a lot of spirits need elevation. You know, so if you don't do nothing else, if you give them your your prayers, your your water and your your candles, you, that's all you need. And anything else is just icing on the cake. Right. But that is the biggest way to develop your relationship with them, because then, you know, it's like they grow. And as they grow, then they're able to do more for you and you grow. So then that's it in a nutshell. You know, that is what it means to develop a relationship with spirit. And that's why it is important. And those are the steps on how to do so, like the simple steps. Okay. Um, so for those of you who are, you know, listening and you want to find out more information about some of the things that I've talked about, a couple of things you can do. You can sign up to, to my subscription page, the Be, Be the Vibe members on my website and you can get a ton of videos articles um talks about these topics i do have blogs 
um, posts where I talk about this stuff a little bit more detailed. I do have some classes. So if you go to the shop, I, I mean, the, um, the online website, there's actually some webinar replays that you can purchase that talk specifically about, you know, doing stuff with spirits, like, you know, classes on how to um, work with spirits, etc. And um, what I'm going to do, and this is specifically for Be The Vibe members, I'm actually going to do a separate lecture series. And I might drop the first one tomorrow where I talk specifically about working with uh, uh, certain spirits. So once you identify what spirits are in your spiritual court, then it's a matter of how to work with them specifically because each spirit or, or legion of spirits or nation, whatever group of spirits have their own ways that you spe specifically that you work with them. So I'm going to do a lecture on how to work with spirits of death. I'm going to do a lecture on how to uh, work with water spirits, how to work with deities um, up to a certain point because there's really only so much you can do with that before initiation you have to trick carefully with that but i'm going to do a little snippet on at least basic devotional practices for deities things that you can do without that you can safely do without being initiated <laughs> i've had people ask me how to work with kali ma i've had people ask me how to work with some of the um Orishas, etc. So, and I actually do have an article on my subscription for members about how to safely work with Orisha without being initiated. So, that is there. But yes, that would be specifically for Be the Vibe members to kind of dive into this a little bit more because what I'm wanting to do this year is focus on content that teaches people how to develop their skills, you know? So developing your mediumship, but just developing your relationship with spirit overall. So those are the things to look forward to. Um, Thank you for listening. I hope that you learned a lot and that you gained something out of this episode. I hope that it benefits you. You can take some of these practices and incorporate them into your own thing and, and expand on them. Um, and again, so if you want something more detailed, you can check out the website. You Or if you want to book readings, I do readings. I do mediumship. I teach you how to set up your ancestor altars. I have all of that. All that information is on my website bethevibe.com. I am hosting some upcoming classes. And then there's old classes that are on the website that are available for replay for purchase. All right. So peace and blessings. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, your evening, whatever time you're listening to this. And until next time.